It's time to get ready for the Buffalo Bills Week 12 opponent, the challenges they present, and what the Bills need to do to deal with them today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. Well, folks, thanks for being here and happy Thanksgiving to you. I'm recording and publishing this episode on Thanksgiving, and I hope that you and your family have an amazing day. I am very, very thankful for anyone who has ever listened to this podcast. It means the world to me. And um, all I ever wanted to do was be in football media. And this has allowed me to do that. And so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am sincerely grateful for anyone who listens to this podcast or has ever listened to one of my podcasts. I really, really appreciate it. All right, let's talk about this football game. The Bills have a big one in week 12. Very challenging contest. And one that uh, is going to tell us a lot about the Bills and kind of what they're capable of doing down the stretch in 2023. So let's get into it. The Bills are on the road in Week 12 to face the Philadelphia Eagles. The game will be played on Sunday, November 26th at 4:25 p.m. Eastern Time at Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The game will be broadcasted on CBS. The Bills get the A team from CBS once again: Jim Nance on the play-by-play, Tony Romo. The game analyst and Tracy Wolfson is the sideline reporter. This will be the 15th all-time meeting between the Bills and Eagles. The Bills are 6-8 and eight all-time against Philadelphia, and the Bills have lost two of the, the last two against Philly and four of the last five against Philly. So the recent history has not been kind to the Bills against Philadelphia. The last time they played was back in 2019, a 31-13 Eagles win in Buffalo. If you guys remember that game, Philly ran for 218 yards against the Bills. The Bills enter this game 6-5 and five as the eighth seed in the AFC playoff standings. The Eagles are 9-1, and one, currently the number one seed in the NFC. They've defeated the Patriots, Vikings, Bucks, Commanders twice, Rams, Dolphins, Cowboys, and Chiefs, and their only loss came against the Jets of all teams, right? Go figure. Head coach of this team, Nick Sirianni, 42 years old. He's in his third season as the Eagles head coach. In his first year, 2021, they went 9-8. and eight. Last year, his second season, they went 14-3 and three, and, of course, were the NFC's representative in the Super Bowl. So far this year, they're off to a 9-1 start. So a 32-12 and 12 record for Nick Sirianni with the Philadelphia Eagles. Before he came to Philadelphia, he was the Colts offensive coordinator from 2018 through 2020. Before that, the Chargers quarterbacks and wide receivers coach, uh, Nick Sirianni, a native of Western New York. 
And of course, that's fun because Sean McDermott is kind of a native of the greater Pennsylvania area or the greater Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area. So uh, teams with coaches that are from the city that they're playing against this week, kind of an interesting dynamic. The quarterback for the Eagles is Jalen Hurts, six foot two, 223 pounds, 25 years old, was a second round pick in 2020, number 53 overall by the Eagles out of Oklahoma, has started 44 games to them to this point, and the Eagles are 32 and 12 in those 44 starts. So far this year, he's having a great season. Uh, 68.5% of his passes are completed, 250 passing yards per game, 15 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, and a passer rating of 94.8. Let's take a deeper look into his metrics over his last four starts. Average time to throw for Jalen Hurts is 2.94. That is not very fast. That's 25th in the NFL. This is a quarterback that will hold on to the football, and he is sackable. They have a great offensive line, but Hurts, because he does hold on to the football, uh, does find himself in some situations where he faces pressure and gets sacked. He's been sacked 13 times in his last four games, and that is uh, 9.5% of passing plays. And so I am not comparing him to Zach Wilson or Russell Wilson, but the Bills are on a little bit of a streak here of three quarterbacks in a row that actually don't get the ball out very quickly, right? They played all these quarterbacks in, in a row that quick trigger, ball comes out quick. That's not the case the last few weeks, and that continues against Jalen Hurts. Average depth of target is 8.1, which is 13th in the NFL. 11.4% of his throws are 20 yards or more down the field, which is 19th. And uh, the Eagles are probably thinking they should do that more because Jalen Hurts, when he throws the deep ball, it is very successful. Uh, 7 of 13 for 225 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions over his last four games when pushing the ball down the field. 63% of Jalen Hurts' throws are to his first read. That's kind of middle of the pack. 44% of the time he gets it out in under two and a half seconds, which means 56% of the time he holds on to it for more than two and a half seconds. And he's really good regardless if he gets it out quick or he holds on to the ball. Uh, when he gets it out quick in under two and a half seconds, completes 76.7% of his passes with a passer rating of 104.9. Um, and those are good numbers, right? But he's really good when he does hold on to the football. Uh, 68.5% completion percentage. That's number five in the NFL and a passer rating of 123.5, which is fourth. So the Bills are going to have a tough task here. You got to cover for longer against this guy. And when he holds on to that ball and he can get creative and play off script, not only can he really make you pay with his arm, but he's also very dynamic with his ability to run and pick up yards that way. Just a dual threat, really, really good quarterback. Uh, he's under pressure 40% of the time, which is the 10th highest amount in the NFL. Uh, and man, he's awesome when he's under pressure. Uh, and he's awesome when he's kept clean. So look at these splits. Normally, whenever I do this, the when kept clean numbers are way better than the when pressured numbers. And eh, Jalen Hurts don't care about it. He's good no matter what. Uh, when he gets the when he's under pressure, his passer rating is 111.9. That's third best in the league. His completion percentage, 64% which is fifth best in the league. I mean, this guy is just really, really good uh, when things are breaking down around him. Uh, when he's kept clean, like I said, he's really good there too. 114.6 passer rating, which is seventh in the league, and he completes 77% of his passes, which is sixth best in the league when kept clean. Play action, these are interesting numbers here. They have a lot of play action, but Jalen Hurts isn't necessarily better with play action. So 31.4% uh, play action percentage, which, you know, I like that 30% or higher 
mark, and they certainly give that to Jalen Hurts. It's fourth highest in terms of frequency in the NFL. But what's really interesting is there's a dip in production with and without play action. Um, and with the play action is where the dip is, which is the surprising piece of that. Uh, his completion percentage drops 21% with play action compared to without play action. So without play action, 121.5 passer rating, 80% completion percentage. That's number one and number two in the NFL, respectively, in those metrics. With play action, his passer rating is 93.4, so a big dip there from 121.5. And the completion percentage, as I mentioned, a big dip there, 58.3% completion percentage with play action. So uh, they give him a lot of opportunities with play action, but surprisingly, his numbers are better, significantly better, without play action. Screens, they do that 12.4% of the time. That's 14th in terms of frequency, 6.4 yards per attempt, uh, which is 11th in the NFL. So the Bills are uh, on a streak here of playing some elite quarterbacks, right? This is going to be Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes and to Dak Prescott and to Justin Herbert. Uh, You can get Mac Jones or whoever the Patriots are going to play, and they have two at Tungabaloa. So really productive quarterbacks the rest of the way for the most part. And Jalen Hurts uh, presents a lot of challenges with his mobility, with his ability to throw the ball down the field, with his ability to win outside of structure and extend plays, his ability to win under pressure. This is a superstar quarterback and a big test for the Buffalo Bills defense, who is coming off of a really good performance against the Jets. But obviously, the dynamics between the Jets and the Eagles could not be more different. All right, we're going to talk more about this Eagles offense here in just a moment. But look, score early this season, this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, they got a great deal. New customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. So that's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. I really love the player props. Love to get in there and see what they're projecting statistically for certain players and go over or under on those. That's where I seem to be having a lot of success this year on FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off this NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. The offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles is Brian Johnson. little note here on these coordinators, both the offensive and defensive coordinators are new this year for Philadelphia. Both Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon, their coordinators from last year's Super Bowl team, are now head coaches in the NFL. So they've had an adjustment on both sides of the football uh, at coordinator, and both of these guys are are play callers. So Nick Sirianni, offensive-minded head coach, but Brian Johnson is the one that calls the plays for the Eagles offense. He's 36 years old. It's his first season with the Eagles as their offensive coordinator. Did spend the previous two seasons on staff as the quarterback's coach. And then before that, he was like a college position coach and offensive coordinator with Florida and Utah, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Let's get into some of the metrics of this Philly offense. 27 points per game. That's fifth in the NFL. Uh, They average 6.6 yards per pass. That's ninth best. Four yards per rush, which is 21st. They turn it over 13.3% of drives, which is 13th. They score on 45.7% of drives, which is second. Very good on third downs, uh, 48.2% on third downs. That's best in the league. And uh, they're 59% scoring touchdowns in the red zone, which is ninth. So metrically, very good. Pretty much top 10 
in all of these different categories. Their personnel, really good as well. So we talked about Jalen Hurts, uh, top-tier NFL quarterback. At wide receiver, he's got a great pair, uh, arguably the best pair in the league, certainly like top three for sure. A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith, very, very different players. You know, A.J. Brown, like dense build, six foot, 225 pounds, 4'4 speed, and unbelievably physical. I mean, I think this might be the most physical receiver in the NFL. I think, yeah, more than Jamar Chase for sure. I mean, this guy, this guy's ability to be big and powerful and explosive, win after the catch, uh, he's a dog. And he can win vertically, and he can win um, he can win anywhere. He's a very complete player, inside and outside, deep, short, whatever you want to do. And then Devonta Smith is the opposite of him, <laughs> kind of a, a very dense, uh, slim build, like six foot, 170 something pounds. Uh, but a route runner, route runner, a guy that can really win routes, and a guy that uh, the game slows down for him at the catch point. He just really knows how to uh, put himself in position to catch the football, and he's got secure hands. So these guys. Very, very, very good receiving duo that have complementary skill sets. And what's interesting, though, is they don't really have anything else at wide receiver. So it's those two guys, and then it's like Lamade Zacchaeus, who I think is a nice like fourth, fifth receiver. Um, had some production with the Falcons, but hasn't really turned it on with Philly. They signed Julio Jones as well recently to come in and uh, try to make some plays. But the reality is, I mean, you've got 1,600 yards combined from – Brown and Smith, and then the next highest wide receiver is Zacchaeus with like 87 yards this season. At tight end, they do not have Dallas Goddard. He is not available uh, for this game. He's he's injured, and so that means it's Jack Stoll, Grant Calcaterra, and Al- Albert Okuwebunam. And Stoll will get most of the run there, but he's really a blocker, not much of a dynamic pass catcher. Grant Calcaterra was a productive player in college, but has not done anything for Philly and Okuwebunan is a big athletic tight end that has had some flashy moments, but again, has not been productive for Philadelphia. So it, that offense not having Dallas Goddard is is a big deal. He's one of the best tight ends in the league, and I think he really kind of brings it together with what they can get out of their running backs throwing the ball to them. Of course, these two great receivers, and then you have that middle-of-the-field guy in Goddard, uh, but they don't have him, so that's a, an advantage for the Bills. At running back, this has become the DeAndre Swift show. They traded for him, uh, came over from the Lions, and he's looked a lot more like the player a lot of people expected him to be coming out of Georgia in Philadelphia uh, behind a really good offensive line. He's having a productive season. And then Kenneth Gainwell is their number two back, uh, kind of a Swiss Army knife type player, catch the ball, physical runner, uh, not a volume guy, but you know, as an X-factor type guy, I think he can help them. And then, like, their next running back is Boston Scott, who's uh, just a squatty build type guy that has his moments of production but has not been a volume guy for them as well. So when it comes to this running back room, 147 rushes this year for DeAndre Swift, and then it's Kenneth Gainwell with 55 in terms of the running uh, distribution. You have to keep in mind that Jalen Hurts has 100 carries already through 10 games. So that's a big layer that you have to account for uh, against Philly is Jalen Hurts, not only what he can do as a as a passer, but a very good runner as well. Of course, we all know about the tush push. Um, so that's going to be part of the deal here. But he's a good runner outside of that as well. When it comes to their targets in the passing game, 96 for A.J. Brown, 68 for Devonta Smith, and then 52 to Dallas Goddard. He's not around. 38 for DeAndre Swift, 19 for Kenneth Gainwell. So this really is for them about throwing the ball to Brown and Smith and then 
they they really don't have a lot of other options that have been productive for them catching the football. Of course, they have their running game, which matters a ton. Um, but it's it's you know sometimes we talk about these offenses that the Bills are going to face, and and you get through all their playmakers, and you can really see that they spread the ball around to a lot of different guys. Not really the case here with Philadelphia. Now, Devonta Smith and and AJ Brown are good players, right? You would love to have them as high volume pieces of your offense, but I think without Dallas Goddard as that third guy, you know, it's it's a different look and feel a little bit for this offense. Their offensive line is unbelievable. Uh, probably the best in the game. Their tackles, Jordan Mailata and Lane Johnson, those guys are both like some of the best players at their position in the NFL. Long, athletic, physical, do-everything type blockers at left and right tackle. And then their interior is really good as well. Jason Kelsey, uh, their center, you know, still performing at an extremely high level. One of the best three centers in the game. Their left guard is Landon Dickerson, young player out of Alabama that is a mauler in the run game that has very quickly become a, an impact starter for them. And then right guard is Cam Jurgens. I think they drafted him to be the successor for Jason Kelsey, super athletic guy. Uh, but right now he's holding down the right guard spot and doing a good job. I think you can see he missed a few games and uh, their O-line wasn't quite the same without him in the lineup. And he's back and you know the offensive line seems kind of back as well. So Good players, left to right, and and some real stars. I think four out of five here are like star offensive linemen in Mylotta, Dickerson, Kelsey, and Johnson. Uh, so the Bills D-line, you know, you, you got to show up in this game and you got to do it against some really good offensive linemen. So what are my keys for the Bills defense against the Eagles offense? Try to boil this down to three things. Uh, number one, is can you make them lean on ancillary weapons in the passing game? We talked about this, right? It goes to the ball goes to Brown and Smith. Can you force them to to play the game another way? Can you really dedicate significant attention to those players and say, hey, we know Jalen Hurts is a star quarterback. He can push the ball down the field. He can win in a variety of ways. But can you do it throwing the ball to Wamade Zacchaeus and Julio Jones and Jack Stahl? and trying to get the running backs going. I, I, I mean, easier said than done, but I, I would try to make them win another way throwing the football if I could. And I'm sure, you know, Brown and Smith are going to have their moments. But if you can force Jalen Hurts to try to rely on other targets, I think that's going to give you a, a good chance. Number two, I have written down, put your big boy pants on. I mean, this team is physical. They come after you. The offensive line can create displacement and move bodies out of the way. There are times where you watch Philadelphia and their offensive line simply takes over. And, you know, DeAndre Swift will look like he's, you know, uh, Barry Sanders back there. And he's not a he's not a bad running back. I'm not saying that, but, you know, I'm just trying to say that it won't matter who's running the ball, that these guys can create displacement and really take your soul as an offensive line with how they can run the football. They have the tush push, right? Like you got to be able to rush the passer and, and beat these guys. So your defensive line better put their big boy pants on and be ready to go to work. It's a big challenge. And if you're going to have success uh, shutting this, this offense down or limiting this offense, it's going to be because your defensive line can make some plays and and not not lose the war, right? I mean, there's going to be some moments where they're going to win the battle but not lose the war overall. Big assignment for your D-line. And number three is Jalen Hurts' mobility. I think this is a, a layer that you have to account for. And the Bills have faced a few uh, mobile quarterbacks this year, most recently Russell Wilson. Not necessarily that Russell Wilson is a – high-volume runner, but the way that he will hold on to the football, play outside of structure, you know, you got to be ready for that, but a more a way more dynamic version of that, quite honestly, in Jalen Hurts. So 
just that layer of his mobility, contain rush. You know, Von Miller, you can't just be flying up the field and, and getting 15 yards up the field, and yet that's going to kill you. Jalen Hurts will absolutely kill you. I mean, I, I, I probably have Von Miller inactive for this game uh, and lean more on Epinesa and Shaq Lawson. I think Miller will be a liability out there if he winds up playing. So I, I think there's a lot of things that you can get into, but I think at a high level, can you make them lean on non-AJ AJ Brown and Devonta Smith in the passing game? Can you win up front with your D-line against a great offensive line and be ready for all the the different ways that Jalen Hurts can create offense for them and have a plan, have a plan. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This time of year can be challenging for some people, and it's natural to feel some sadness or even some anxiety about it. But adding something new and positive to your life can counteract some of those feelings. Therapy can be a bright spot amid all the stress and change, something to look forward to to make you feel grounded and to give you the tools necessary to manage Everything that's going on, it's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. So you've been thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire. That'll get you matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash lock. The defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles is Sean Desai, 40 years old. It's his first season as the Eagles defensive coordinator was in Seattle last year, and then before that had a long stretch of time with Vic Fangio. So uh, Desai is kind of known as a Fangio disciple. Um, Dolphins, current defensive coordinator, previously the Broncos, the Bears, right? Fangio's had quite the decorated career as a defensive mind in the NFL. And one of his disciples is Sean Desai. So that style of defense is what you'll see. Uh, metrically, they've been okay uh, this year. 21 points per game. That is 16th in the league. They allow 325 yards per game, which is 14th. They allow 5.7 yards per pass, which is ninth. Four yards per rush, which is 12th. They get a turnover 11.7% of drives, which is 17th. Uh, their turnovers seem to come in bunches this year. They played 10 games. In six of them, they have one or fewer takeaways. Uh, and then they have a couple of, you know, well, I guess, four games of multiple takeaways. Third down defense has not been good. Uh, they allow a conversion 43% of the time. That is 27th in the NFL. They've also not been a good red zone defense. 62.5% of the time, they allow a touchdown to the red zone. That is 25th. They don't blitz that often. 22% blitz rate. That's seventh lowest in the league. Uh, but they get a lot of pressure, fifth best pressure rate at 27%. They're not turning a lot of pressures into sacks, though. Uh, their sack rate is only 7.1%, which is 17th. So not a lot of blitzing, a lot of pressure, not necessarily a ton of sacks, poor on third down, poor in the red zone, um, and just kind of mediocre overall. And I think there's a bit of a, a shift with their personnel. Uh, on defense in some spots, uh, coaching switch, you know, it's a very capable unit. They have some dynamic talent, uh, but I think there's there's room for this defense to play better than they have. Let's talk about their personnel. Uh, there's a lot of good and, and some spots here that I think you could take advantage of. Uh, off the edge, uh, Josh Sweat, Hassan Reddick. Those are dudes. Uh, Hassan Reddick has been unbelievably productive throughout the last several years of his career, especially last year. For the Eagles, I thought he had a case for defensive player of the year last year. Tackles for loss, sacks, pressure. He is speedy. He is bursty. He is bendy. Um, and that's a big assignment for 
um, the Bills offensive tackles, in addition to Josh Sweat, who's um, a little bigger, but all the length and, and burst and speed to power conversion you could ask for in an edge. I mean, that's a toolsy, toolsy dude uh, emerging as one of the best edge rushers in the league. So Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick, that's their lead guys. And then Brandon Graham, long-term veteran there, he's their third guy that will play a reasonable amount of snaps and kind of in that reduced role. They still get good production out of him. And I think after him, it'll probably be Nolan Smith, uh, one of their first-round picks from this past year, has not really made much of an impact, uh, but a very explosive athlete as well. And I, they might be able to get creative with how they deploy him against the Bills. But this is really about Sweat and Reddick off the edge. On the interior, they got dudes there as well. Fletcher Cox, uh, long-term veteran there. He's not Fletcher Cox of three to five years ago, but he's still good. Again, kind of like Brandon Graham. Uh, you know, Cox still starts, uh, but a little bit lower volume, and they still get a lot of production out of him. And then they got these two young first-rounders, Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter. Uh, Jordan Davis, uh, huge, right? Like 350 pounds, super, super athletic. Not a high-volume snap guy consistently, uh, but he's a big body that you know has his moments. I don't think he's a super consistent snap-to-snap player, but he can reach into his bag of athleticism and size and power and create some problems. And then they have an emerging star in Jalen Carter. Uh, I think he was the best prospect in this year's draft. Uh, the Eagles were fortunate. There was some kind of some red flags there in the evaluation, and uh, they were able to get him in the top 10 uh, courtesy of a, a trade, right? They had a, a trade that positioned them to have an additional uh, first-round pick, and uh, they they were able to really capitalize on that. Um, and Carter's unbelievable. And I think, you know, when I look at this defensive this defense in general, that's the guy that gives me the biggest concern, especially with, you know, some of the warts that we've seen from Osiris Torrance over the last few weeks. Um, it's a big assignment. He very, very disruptive, has everything in his bag to be the best defensive tackle in the game uh, here as he develops. Milton Williams, we'll see on him, uh, has been a nice young player for them, undersized, but they get him, uh, get him in some good positions to be an attack-oriented player, and he's um, disruptive. Uh, he was concussed against Kansas City on Monday night, so I would think it's unlikely he'll be available on a short week to come out of concussion protocol. Linebacker, I think this is a weak spot for their team. Zach Cunningham and Nicholas Moreau are their running backs. Uh, both have kind of bounced around over the last few years. Um, I think they're just really ordinary guys that I think you can attack and uh, give yourself a chance for success. I'd be really interested in, in challenging them in coverage, challenging the middle of the field, um, those guys are very, very just ordinary type players that uh, I think are kind of replacement level guys. At cornerback, Darius Slay, veteran, still performing at a high level. I think he's clearly their best corner. James Bradbury has been a good running mate for him, but I don't think he's having his best season. I feel like as I watch Philly this year, James Bradbury is the one that teams are getting a lot of success kind of going after uh, this year. So that'd be that's kind of the guy in the secondary, excuse me, at corner that I think would be your best option to, to attack. They've added Bradley Roby recently uh, to be their slot corner, long-term veteran in the NFL. Uh, he, this will be his fourth game with the defense, and uh, I think he probably had his best game all year against Kansas City. Uh, so a veteran slot that is settling in. At safety, uh, really interesting group here. Reed Blakenship, uh, young player, second-year player out of Middle Tennessee State, um, has settled in and played well. He's a physical safety, downhill, tackles well. I don't know that he's great in coverage, but I think he's complimented kind of what they need 
as their lower safety uh, player in this defense. And then Kevin Byard, who they just traded for, uh, they gave up a ham sandwich and a bag of peanuts uh, to the Titans and got Kevin Byard, who has been, I think, one of the best free safeties in the league for a long time. Uh, ball skills are off the charts, but he tackles extremely well. That's a, an underrated component of Kevin Byard's game is that he's not just a ball hawk. This guy tackles as well. So uh, good complimentary pair of safeties there in, in terms of what you get uh, from Byard and Blakenship. So personnel-wise, I mean, a lot of talent here, a lot of talent. I think their linebackers can be had, and I think that uh, James Bradbury can be had, and you certainly want to test guys like Reed Blankenship in coverage and Bradley Roby as he you know, has quickly come over and, and you know become a, a high-volume snap guy for them. Uh, so there's going to be some opportunities, but you know that front, uh, Slay, Byard, those guys are studs. So what are my keys for the Bills offense against this defense? Number one is go after the linebackers and James Bradbury for as much chances as you can get. James Cook or Ty Johnson or Dalton Kincaid or Khalil Shakir matched up against those guys, do it and go after it. I think you're going to have a great chance to win those matchups. Number two is your protection plan has to work. Um, it's a little bit like the Denver defense. I think it's a better version of the Denver defense, but speedy edge rushers that can burst and bend, and then you have you know, some dynamic interior players as well, but like way better versions of that uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles. So uh, you can help Osiris Torrance, but you know, you probably need to help Spencer Brown a little bit too. Um, you gotta, you gotta win the one-on-ones that you can win and help where you can help and have a good plan for protection because these guys can get after it. And number three, as always take care of the football, right? Give yourself a chance. Don't give them the ball. Um, they've been okay at taking away the football. Um, and you know, the bill's, much better against the Jets in terms of taking care of the football, but it has to continue, right? You're you're the road underdogs against a great team, hostile environment. Don't give them extra possessions, right? Don't give them extra possessions and take away possessions from yourself. Can't have it. Got to play as clean of a game as you can offensively while still being aggressive. Real quick on special teams, one note that I think is fascinating is uh, the Eagles are not very good on kick coverage. Uh, they're allowing 30 yards per kick return this year, so if you feel like you can have an explosive return, like I would try it, right? This isn't the game where I would necessarily automatically fair catch the ball. If Khalil Shakir catches the ball, I think he should try to return it. They're averaging 30 yards per return. Their kicker is Jake Elliott, seventh season, uh, all with Philadelphia, 86% for his career. He's 18 of 20 this year. He's good from distance, uh, excellent, solid kicker. Their punter is Braden Mann. He is not very good, um, below average punter. He's replacing Aaron Sipros, who I think lost the Eagles the Super Bowl with that crappy punt that gave – it was a line drive to Kansas City that gave him a short field for the game-winning touchdown. Aaron Sipros has been a disaster for them. And um, a little surprised they weren't a little bit more intentional about upgrading there. Uh, but Braden Mann's the guy for the job right now. He's below average punter. Their kick returner – it's been a kick return by committee. Nobody on the team has more than two kick returns. Now, their punt returner is Britton Covey who's very good, averaging 14.6 yards per return, 5'8", 170 pounds, quicker than fast, was really good uh, for Utah. So he's not like a 4'3 guy. I think he's like a 4'5 guy, but his agilities and his short area quickness is really, really good, and he's been productive, whether it's with the Eagles or in college with Utah. I think he had three return touchdowns his last two years for Utah. So I, I'm probably not messing around with that guy. And that's a problem because Sam Martin's not been very consistent with his punts this year. So the line drives in the middle of the field, Sam, can't have them this week at all. What you want to do is fair, uh, force fair catches or just don't punt, right? That'd be cool. Just don't punt the ball. That'd be helpful. 
So a tough assignment for the Buffalo Bills here in Week 12 on the road in Philadelphia. They're going to have to play good football, and they're going to have to meet the moment, and they're going to be stressed with, I think the Eagles have the best roster in football. So um, you're going to have to really meet the moment and and have some matchups where you don't necessarily have a better player going up against them. Um, and I think the Bills have been able to do that a lot of times in their time as a upper echelon team since 2020. This is a team that could really match you. And I think right now, as they align on paper, they can, they're going to have advantages matchups wise. Uh, so take advantage of what you can and um, rise to the occasion. Otherwise uh, big game here for the bills in week 12. We're not done talking about it though. We're done for today, but we'll have one more conversation. I'll give you my final thoughts. We'll talk to Dr. Kyle Trimble of banged up bills. And I'll give you my five predictions for Sunday. So don't miss anything. Make sure that you're subscribed. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Would love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Happy Thanksgiving. Go Bills. And I look forward to catching up with you again one more time before the Bills face the Eagles in Week 12.